What's up, everybody? Episode, I think, 271 of Top Rope Nation. Kyle, it has been a while since we've done a regular show. I had an interview last week with Kaya McKenna. We had Top Rope Nation Classics recently. I don't even remember what the last like standard live cast you and I did. Was it two, three weeks ago? Uh, it was probably when we reviewed Grand Slam. Okay. Yeah, that's right. So it's been a little while. We have been digesting what we saw at <laughs> Extreme Rules. Uh, Kyle, I can have some thoughts on that, what, how that digestion went here in a minute. Um, some thoughts on Bray Wyatt's return to the WWE. Basically, yeah. we're just going to have, I mean, you know, everybody has done their Extreme Rules review shows by now. We had a lot of things moving around over the weekend. It was hard to schedule time to do this. So we kind of sat on it for a little bit. We want to talk, I mean, a lot of big picture issues we have with the WWE tonight and the coverage of the WWE as well. And Whoa. of course, why it's return. Yes, Kyle. So with that said, 271, I mean, but who's counting, right, buddy? <laughs> Cleveland's in the playoffs right now. Kyle, you got the game on in the background. Yep. How's it going over there? It's going good because the Yankees scored in the bottom of the fifth and I had the Yankees in the first five innings. So now we can turn around and cheer for the home team a little bit. But uh, yeah, nice, nice little, uh, what day is today? Tuesday? Yeah. Sure. I was like, how many yeah. days has it been since Extreme? Yeah, three days. Yeah, right? Tuesday. Yeah, it was on had, Saturday. Had a nice baseball winner earlier in the day when the Braves put three garbage runs on the board in the bottom of the ninth to go over their team total, four and a half, hit a Champions League play. So I'm feeling good, but this is not my shoot job it is the sport of professional wrestling instead and yeah a lot of people have done their extreme rules reviews already but one thing to keep in mind for all the listeners they already know this this will of course be the best review out there <laughs> thank you very much that is right i like i like where your head's at kyle yeah it's uh i got i did tell you actually it sounds i sound fairly normal right now i think but my voice you look is great rough Oh, thank you, man. I got my Top Rope Nation hoodie on, so how could I not be doing good, Kyle? But uh, my voice has been rough, and I might lose it throughout this show. We'll see. So I'm going to try to get in my rants at the beginning, and then I'm okay. just going to let you roll cool. with it. <laughs> but before we do, as we always do, Kyle, and I know you've been thinking about it for three days, give me I'm a grade <laughs> for Extreme Rules. I'm actually happy to grade this show for once. Okay. Because I looked at the Top Rope Nation poll. And full disclosure, I did not watch Extreme Rules live. I think people who follow us on Facebook know that. Uh, very busy time of year for me in the shoot job world. So Saturday night is a no-go for me to watch wrestling pay-per-views. But I watched it, most of it on Monday, and then I wrapped it up this morning and formed my opinions, and I decided to take a look at the poll. What in the fuck are 58... <laughs> 0.5% of you think <laughs> I have been watching pro wrestling for more than 35 years. I have seen many an A show. We have reviewed several of them this year for top rope nation classic. The last one wasn't an A ECW anarchy rules. 
But many of them that we've talked about uh, here in 2022, month by month, have been A-shows. This was not an A-show. I almost, dare I say, find it offensive that someone would give this show an A. It certainly is offensive to the many great shows through the years deserving of A's. Mm -hmm. I thought there was one good match on this show. There was a return that a lot of people are excited about. I am not a lot of people. But you do have to take into account that it got people talking. Everything in between those two things, though, was pretty bad on this show. And conceptually... As a pay-per-view idea, Extreme Rules reeks, bro. Yeah, I I shit on Money in the Bank. I was way harder on that than the majority. What was that, three months ago now at this point? Yeah. Same thing here. So my grade, C-. minus. Wow. We are in alignment because I came in with, I was going to say a C minus too. In good faith, I could not rate this show higher than a C minus under any circumstance. And... Look, man, I'm, I love our Twitter followers, but 46% giving it an A. Oh, it's 46. 30, 38% a B. I mean, overall, yeah, I mean, overall, we've got like what, uh, 84, 85% or something with the people were, were giving this one a uh, an A or a B. And I just do not know how, Kyle, because, you know, to me, an A show has to have something that I would want to revisit at some time in the future. Like you would an, think. <laughs> an A show is like years down the line, it's like, hey, remember that really good match? I'm going to pop that on right now. I dare anybody to say there's a <laughs> single match on this show that anybody will not just watch, but even freaking remember not five years from now, less than a year from now. People will probably five. remember the Bray return. You know, because either this is going to go very poorly or very well, but people will remember that. But that is such a like, you know, that's the just the very end of the show. But if you're grading an entire pay-per-view or I'm sorry, premium live event, I do not know how you could give this an A or a B. And to be a B show, it's got to be above average. You know, C is average to me. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's got to be like. Maybe you're not going to watch a full match, but maybe you want to see some highlights of it again kind of thing. There was a lot of good moments. Dude. The first match was pretty good, but no more than a three and a half star match, like tops, right? Yeah, I would say three or three and a quarter. Yeah, I was pretty yeah. close. I, I mean, wanted to like it more. There were a lot of reputable people putting it over, so I had pretty high hopes for it. And, and we'll get to it. I just thought it was a slightly better than average WWE brawl. Yeah, I mean, like, it was a fun match, but it was not not great. And the rest of the show... I mean, there's some decent parts, but a lot of it was dire. Dude, I was texting you when I was watching this. Those last two matches, I thought they were never going to end. I and think then they're I go still in, going on. 30 minutes for Finn Balor and Edge. Nobody sees needs to see that match go for 30 minutes. I cannot believe anybody would want to see that match go 30 minutes. And, I mean, even Riddle and Rollins, I mean, it was about a 17-minute match, but it was not a good match. I'm nope. sorry. So, like, when I, when I read some of these reviews I'm seeing on the show... And I, you know, I, I glanced around the internet to see what people were were saying today as we got ready for the show. 
And I'm seeing people on those last two matches rate them extremely high. And I'm like, I do not know what show they're watching. And and like you, I don't want to sound like a grumpy old man or something, but I have seen good professional wrestling, Kyle. And this was not good professional wrestling. It was a very average to below average show. And I feel like there's a lot of factors influencing people's opinion on this. So you got anything else to say before I rant a little bit? I wanted to rant on the work on this show. Okay. I don't know. Do, do you want me to? I'll, I'll throw that in now. And then okay. you can. Yeah, because I think what you're going to say will feed into something else I have to say. So okay. let's get this out of the way first. Okay. So a couple minutes ago, I mentioned that I just don't like the concept of extreme rules done by WWE, at least. Mm-hmm. It reminded me very much of that Money in the Bank where it's just just these bad shticks and tropes that they do every year. And I just, it's just not particularly interesting to me. Mm -hmm. And as I watched extreme rules, um, you know, I, I I was getting pretty numb to all the different gimmick matches. And I was kind of trying to put into words or, or really try to, you know, um, you know, gather my thoughts on what I was doing, believe it or Mm -hmm. not. I threw Jim Cornette on, today when I was at the gym. I don't know why. I was just like, you know what? I'm going to be reviewing the show. Let me hear what he has to say on this. I'm like, because there's a chance he might have hated the style of work too. And I was, and he did. And, uh, you know, it, first of all, it, I, I'm in tears how Cornette clearly is bothered that ECW is the influential promotion and Smoky Mountain was not. He was taking all these <laughs> pot shots at Philadelphia and drawing yeah. the line back to ECW. So whatever. But he is absolutely correct, anyone who's listened to his show, in his criticism that these matches are just so goddamn phony. And they're supposed it's supposed to be extreme rules, and there's this violence, and they're anything but. A few weeks ago, as you know, Ryan, Triple H made some headlines when he talked about how this industry has moved past blood. Is that our Lord and Savior, Triple H? Don't get so fucking started with Triple okay. H. Okay. okay. You, you you know my opinion on Triple H. But he, <laughs> right, he, and that was, I don't know if he was doing it kind of as a shot uh, at AEW, if he was doing it just because he wants to appease his, you know, the sponsors of WWE or whatever. But he, he, you know, talked about how this industry has moved past blood. Well, if he feels blood is too passe for his little corporate cartoon that he's running here, then I just say go all the way, Paul, and embrace what you are. These matches might as well have had those cartoon voice bubbles saying kapow, <laughs> bam, wham, after all the spots. Man, because that's if they all had that, I would have graded the show higher. That would have given me some nostalgia because for the old Batman. It that's what this was. It was just yeah. these like spots where they're trying to convince, and I'm sure they do you know, hurt like hell for the performers, but you're just numb to it. Watching it. They don't mean a goddamn thing. Five minutes after they happen, if not a minute after they happen, it's just cheesy. This is just like, I just think it is like the cheesiest version of hardcore wrestling I have ever seen in my entire life. And I'm not saying that. I'm not yeah. saying that we, we need to have death matches or whatever, but it's just such a lame 
concept. When, when they brought it back, I was shocked. It's like, oh my god, they're doing extreme rules. Mm-hmm. But just every one of these matches, I thought really kind of just pissed on the individual stipulations. Like I've seen strap matches, I've seen ladder matches, cage matches, extra, whatever matches. These were just all crappy renditions of the classics. Mm-hmm. In my opinion. Hard to argue. I would argue of those. Yeah. A parody of those former matches. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. just, I, I guess, you know, if you're new to wrestling, I can see how people who are just getting into it would be like, oh my God, this is so cool. Cause they've never maybe seen it before. But if you have been watching for a long time and you yeah. have seen this product like at its peak, you know what it's supposed to be at its peak. You know what a good show is supposed to feel like. And I mean, that was why I was so stunned by some like I just it's been a long time since I have felt this far off of what some of the mainstream people are saying about a show, because I just did not think it was a good show like at all, really. I mean, <laughs> at best average. And I feel like. I can kind of speak to what's going on here. And I have, I've been thinking about this all day Uh and (laughs) there's so many things I want to get into. And I hadn't even written down a single thought. I was just going through my mind as I was getting ready for our show. I was like, you know what? I got to like write some of this down so that I know what I want to talk about, but also so I don't like step on my own feet here. Cause I'm not trying to throw anyone under the bus. I just want to say that first off. And I hope that that comes through as I get into this, because this, what I'm about to say does not apply to everyone. So I'm not looking for this to like go viral and say that I am shitting on everybody that does this. Okay. But wrestling is so much different than other entertainment forms or sports forms in the media. And the way that media covers it reflects that. So first of all, I mean, I cover wrestling. I write for a fantastic website right now. SE scoops. And I just want to say that this does not apply to SE scoops. And I'm not just saying that because I currently write for them. <laughs> I mean, that's not my full-time job. You know, I, no. I do it as a hobby. I'm very involved there, but it's not my, you know, full-time job, but sounds like the that... kids had a great time today, by the way, <laughs> <In class. laughs> Mr. Trotsky, what are you thinking about over there? Yeah. <laughs> I'm stewing in the back. No. So This tends to describe the media outlets that are owned by big corporations. I just want to say that, first of all. And I have seen this in the past at some places I've worked at. Some, not all. And I've worked at a lot of different outlets, if you look at my writing history. But I will just say, I have observed some of this in my 20-plus years on and off covering professional wrestling. But what I mean is, so like, first of all, I feel like people are grading the show on a curve. Kyle used to joke about that on the podcast. Are we grading on a curve here? This podcast never grades on a curve. We are honest. We are objective. We go after WWE. We go after AEW. And some people do not do that because they are incentivized to not do so. So there is definitely like a lack of objectivity with grading professional wrestling. As I said, for multiple reasons. Like, for example, Kyle. You don't have this when people review movies because movie companies know like when they send you that screener, you might not like it. And you know what? They're going to continue sending the screener because they want to get word out about their new movies. Or like if you're covering a sports team, you might bash how that sports team performed, but they, they still have to talk to you, you know, because they have media sessions every week, multiple times. Mm -hmm. Pro wrestling is different 
because they will literally pull your access to them if you are covering them negatively. And I've seen this numerous times in my 20 plus years covering professional wrestling. And this is why you don't have objectivity like you should. So again, let me just, let me give a couple examples. Podcasts. I think personally, look, there's hundreds of wrestling podcasts. Those of you that listen to us, I'm glad that you do. And uh, hopefully you do because you think you're getting honesty here. There is a whole legion of pro wrestling podcasts that you are not getting honest reviews for because they are trying to stay in WWE and AEW's good graces. So that is why they don't give you honest reviews. And look, I can I can totally speak to this from our own history with access to wrestling promotions. Look, there has been, and Kyle, you could confirm this, in the six years we've been doing this show, there has been times where we've been talking to WWE and they have promised us guests. And then they have all of a sudden, even though stuff was getting set up, stopped responding to us. Why? I don't know. Maybe they looked into our archive. They didn't like something one of us said, and they decide we don't get the guests. Or AEW, yeah, AEW has also done this. And you know what? I am not going to put a filter on my honesty about professional wrestling to kiss WWE or AEW's ass. I am going to give you honest reviews of professional wrestling, and that does not apply to every podcast out there. Would it be easier for Kyle and I and Justin to come on this show every week and talk about how great WWE is and how they are turning the corner and how Triple H is just the man just so that they can hear that and say, yes, we'll send you a guest every week. Sure, that would be way easier. You know why? Because if we had WWE guests on this podcast every single week, we would be doing 10, 20 times as many downloads as we do right now. And all we'd have to do is just kiss their rear end to do that. And this is what podcasts do. I would bet you that the podcasts that are the highest on extreme rules, you will find WWE guests in their archives or NXT guests in their archives. Maybe not for everybody. Again, it doesn't apply to everyone. But I mean, there I are just some that, dumb people out there too. Yeah, there are. Some, yeah. <laughs> but I would say like you will, you will find some overlap there. Now, do those shows work harder than this show? No, but they kiss ass and they get their access. And they know the minute they go after WWE because they listen to their shows, they're going to stop getting those guests. That is the reality when it comes to pro wrestling and pos- podcast coverage. Okay. Now, again, it doesn't impact everyone, but to say that it doesn't impact a lot of them, it would be completely dishonest. Websites as well. It's not just podcast guests. It's written interviews. You will see people who are talking to people from WWE almost every single week who will grade the show very highly because they know if they bash the show, that interview well is going to dry up. And they're Fantasy also sport. <laughs> I wasn't going to name any names, but there you okay, go. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is this is all true. They are incur, and I have seen this at places I have been in the past, not currently who are owned by large corporations who want you to cover the WWE in a positive way. And they will get on you if you're not covering, if you're covering them somewhat negative because they don't want their access to dry up. And you just don't have this in mainstream sports, Kyle. And you don't really have this to this level in the Hollywood industry either. People are encouraged and incentivized to talk highly of WWE or they get their access pulled. Um, Now, you know, another aspect of this is, Some people rely on the business appearing to be hot for their website to do well. They want the business to appear like it's growing so people are interested in it so that they can pay the the bills. And look, man, if that's your gig, I don't fault you. 
I'm just being honest about what's going on here. Like I said, Kyle, we do this as our hobby. It's not our main job. It's not a <laughs> knock on the people who do. People got to pay the bills. <laughs> you do this in your mind because you have to, Mark, man. Yeah, I do yeah. this because we like it. <laughs> but it's true. Like we do this because it's a hobby. We're not making like tons of money doing this podcast, but there's some people who do and it is their main job. So I'm not trying to knock them. They're, that's the hustle. That's what they're trying to do. But if you want to know why some people seem to be way off, not all of them, but sometimes this is what's going on. So I'm not trying to knock the people who do this. They got to pay the bills, like I said. And many of them are very, very good at what they do and conducting those interviews and, and covering the industry and things like that. But there absolutely are outside factors affecting how people cover the wrestling industry and, and your ability you know, to get reviews of it without any spin. Yeah. And you know, a lot of those people who you know, are pretty good at interviewing would in turn be pretty crappy at narrating video packages before pay-per-view main events. Not to like point a finger at anyone <laughs> on this show in particular. Yes. Again, I mean, I don't know. 12-time not... MMA journalist of the year. <laughs> I like to say I'm a pretty honest guy, but you know, if it was my main gig, you know, sometimes you, you rely on that access and you're going to do that. But also I wouldn't get my opinions on professional wrestling exclusively from those people because their judgment is clouded because they're trying to stay in WWE's good graces. I mean, this is not going to be a shock to a lot of people, but it hmm. absolutely does happen. I have seen it firsthand numerous times in the past. So I just wanted to get that out there. And I, th I feel like that's why we're seeing views on the show, like all over, you know, across the board. I thought that was your finest 15 minutes, maybe. I, I can't remember the last time this show's hit the peak like that, man. That was outstanding. <laughs> That was great. That. That, I'm just I mean, checking was, the chat right now. Yeah, that that was great, man. I I don't know how to follow that up, quite frankly. But yeah, that was really good stuff. And you're right. Um, now I'm going to actually take this in a direction that you probably don't think. And what you're saying is true. But on the other hand, there are people. I mean, I, I don't think it was the wrestling media that voted in our poll. No, correct. But I think their opinions are being influenced in our, in by what they're reading, not even just on the websites, but even on Twitter, what people are saying. And, and let's be honest, the WWE universe is a pretty fickle bunch. <laughs> right. I mean, for God's yeah. sake, these people think that Hunter Hearst Helmsley has led this has engineered some sort of remarkable turnaround when I don't think the product looks demonstrably different than it did two months ago or three months ago. When Vince or for whatever for when Vince was still in charge, I don't think we're getting that much. I mean, he's bringing people back that Vince didn't like, but mm -hmm. you know, I mean, that, that, I don't think that's you know what people are necessarily excited about. I mean, what people say wrestling now. I mean, really, <laughs> but how low is your bar again? Great yeah. on the curve. <laughs> but you look, look, I'll I'll say this, and I mentioned this on. Uh, Garrett Gonzalez's show after AEW Double or Nothing. Yeah, because when we got back from Vegas and, and I, we, we were all together in person. The WWE audience, the people who do like the show, are seemingly being well-served right now. Now, that doesn't apply to you or I mm -hmm. uh, at all. I think they're being better served than AEW fans are right now, where there's certainly a lot of, uh, trouble in paradise, so to speak, with, for the first time with that promotion. But look, I don't, you you know me, I don't give a shit what anyone else thinks. I'm just going to tell you what I think. I look at Twitter 
There are a few people out there I really respect. I get the repack report every week. Okay. He tells me what everyone's saying, but I know I'm pretty confident in what I believe at this stage of the game. There was a time in my life where I might've wanted to pair it, you know, what was written in the observer or like a fucking Scott Keith review or something, but mm-hmm. that, 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 not, not in 2022. I'm very confident in, you know, how I feel now about this as are you. And I'm watching this thing over the last 24 to 40 hours, extreme rules. And it, I don't mean to offend anyone. It's a pretty nerdy product. And which is ironic because of how corporate friendly it has become, right? Like there's this kind of belief out there now that, oh man, WWE is cool. And you can like mention it in public. And I'm sitting watching extreme rules (laughs) and I'm thinking about, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, can we go back to when wrestling was less socially acceptable, but was also much better (laughs) because like, I'm thinking about my friends. I wouldn't fucking show them five minutes from this show. <laughs> no. So, I well, look, man, whatever people's reasons are for liking this, whether it's bad faith, co-opted media, or just not really that bright. <laughs> they're those people's opinions. But by God, over the next hour, you're getting mine and Ryan's opinions. And it's our podcast. And... <laughs> I, yeah. I hope you like it. I, I want to emphasize one more time. It, it tends to be from what I've experienced, the more corporate owned websites. And it's not even really like the writer's fault, because as I said, like they're kind of encouraged for people above them to Whoa. be rosy about the wrestling picture because they need that access, you know, to continue to pay the bills for the website to continue to do well. Because look, man, when you pull in those WWE interviews and even the AEW interviews, you do way more traffic, not just podcasts, websites too. You know, everyone's covering that interview. Every wrestling website's linking to it. They want they want that access. And so, like, again, I don't even, like, fault the writers, really, because it's their job. And for a lot of them, it's their main job, and they need to do that. But I'm just saying that's what happens. It absolutely happens. I have seen it firsthand. And so I think, you know, you're going to see wildly different views on wrestling from corporate websites independent-run websites, more corporate podcasts or podcasts that are trying to get access versus podcasts like ours who, you know, we'd like to have access, but it's not the be-all, end-all because we want to give you an honest show. And, you know, I, I think that that's why the people we have tune into this show because we, we are We just want to put smiles them, on said. faces. Yeah, that's, that's right. We tell stories, Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> so. And for the record, we've been extraordinarily negative towards AEW for months Yes. Now. Yes, that's why we're, we're objective, you know. Like, yes. like I said, we've we've seen this from AEW. I there was one interview in particular I had lined up from AEW, and their PR person just stopped responding. The wrestler I was talking to in my DMs and wanted to do our show, and the person said, you know, we have to have this cleared by D, by a PR. You can confirm this. You know about the story. This was a year or two ago, and then like they gave me the whole runaround from the PR. And they they never booked it for our show, even though the wrestler wanted to do it. Honest to God, like AEW PR, I've dealt with both of them. WWE has been a little easier to deal with in oh. my interactions. To be honest, I did go to go to an AEW show and you know sat in the media section, went to the scrum and everything, and that was fine. But I've had a really hard time getting straight answers from them sometimes. So I mean, I'm not going to say this is just WWE. I think it applies across the board. But 
I mean, yeah, that's what's going on. Let, let's yeah. let's switch topics. Well, yeah, no, it's funny because you know uh, Jesse, our good friend Jesse Vest, who I believe is actually uh, joined us live right now. I think I saw uh, him mm-hmm. comment. He put a tweet out today, you know, about you know whose storytelling do you like better, right? Now, WWE or AEW? I said quite frankly, neither. Yeah, I, I'm kind of in a bad look. You know this. I, I think a lot of the listeners do too. This is my busy time of the year covering football. So my time with wrestling gets a little more limited. And when I watch a show like this, I just want to be like taken out of work and the stress. And I just want, I do want to like actually just have a good time. And that just didn't happen. I'm kind of in a, not to set a somber mood here for the show. Trust me, folks, we're going to have fun. Okay. Ripping the show. But like, I'm in a bad place with wrestling right now. Like AEW is imploding. And that was the promotion that was very much driving my continued interest in this because I have no desire to watch WWE on a weekly basis. I mean, their television shows have been dog shit for like 20 years and they're not going <laughs> to turn around. They're just not. I mean, that's the thing with WWE is, you know, we can bitch all day until we're blue in the face. They've got enough people who like it and feel that they're being well served. So. Yeah. I mean, they're not going to change. I think you, I, Justin, the three of us, we foolishly thought, oh, man, if we get on our high horse, maybe it'll force the WWE to change. That's not going to fucking happen, man. So I just know the WWE is what it is. And like I said, it's kind of a nerdy product where all the characters are into, like, horror movies or just fucking tools. That's kind of a tough watch, man. There's not incentive for, and I talk about incentive with the media, there's not incentive for WWE to do much different because they make so much money. Yes. Like why, why would they change? You know, when the big change happened in the WWE, the WWF was the Attitude Era, and Kyle, why did they change? Because they almost went out of business. They yes. had to change. Today, yes. that is not going to happen. So there's no reason for them to totally change course. You might see some tweaks here and there. You know, everyone's all excited about Triple H. To me, it's almost the same goddamn show. He hasn't. I mean, no. The <laughs> biggest story of wrestling in 2022 is that the biggest story turned out not to be a big story. Yeah. That being Vince McMahon leaving. Like, it's like he mm-hmm. almost didn't leave at all. Right? Triple, oh, but he's, but just, he's bringing back people, Kyle. He's bringing back people. Oh, don't even get me started on some of these people he's bringing back. I Should we get into the big one here? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Let's transition. All right. Yeah. Let's, tr- let's transition. I should talk about this program here. Yeah. <laughs> right, half hour in here yeah all right so of course bray wyatt you know it is going to be the one thing from the show people remember and i i have to acknowledge before i get my own opinion i mean we saw some comments in the chat some people are very excited about this i know bray wyatt has some very dedicated fans that's good they should be excited about that they may I'm want to mute you, the next five minutes i'm going to give you my opinion on it and first of all I think I put out a tweet as it happened that night and I said something along the lines of I didn't want to fight with people that night because I was getting ready to go to bed and I was like, God, if I'm super critical of this while everyone's high on it, I'm gonna, my, DM, my DMs and my notifications are going to blow up and I'll feel like I got to respond to people and I'm not going to get any sleep and I haven't been feeling well. So I, I didn't do it. All I said was, wow, I see a lot of Windows people. Windows online arguments, Ryan. Oh, it's just like, I know my phone's going to start blowing up and I'm just going to want to see what people are saying. So it's just like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm going to ignore it. But what I tweeted out was something along the lines of, wow, I see everybody has lost their objectivity tonight, which is a word I used earlier, LOL or something like that. I see see my entire Twitter timeline has lost all objectivity and got lost in the moment. Okay. 
it is a thing. Like people get lost in the moment. They're excited to yes. see him. I mean, there was a lot of production value and how they brought him back. I mean, it was super predictable. Everyone expected it. It was well reported on. It looked cool. It's not my cup of tea. It looks cool. He got a great reaction, but like this is really low hanging fruit. Anytime somebody comes back, they get a big pop. Yeah. It's all in the follow up here. And everything I have seen from Bray Wyatt in the past does not, especially if he's given even more creative freedom. And this is something, this is a point our friend Justin Joint made um, about how maybe it wasn't Vince because look at what we just saw on TV with, you know, all the spooky stuff and everything. It's, I mean, it's again, it's really low hanging fruit to do well, but like, how do you, how do you do after this? And like, how out of control is this Bray Wyatt stuff going to get? And can it continue to live up to the hype? And what we saw with The Fiend is it did not. It got very bad, Kyle. It was some of the absolute worst dog shit pro wrestling segments I have ever seen in over 30 years of watching this industry. Some of the most you talked about you wouldn't want to be seen watching some of this product. I mean, how would you feel if they walked in on you watching the Firefly Funhouse? Some of the worst segments to ever air on pro wrestling. And I saw comments going out from respected people that night saying, Bray Wyatt, what a creative genius. Kyle, creative genius? Creative (laughs) genius? Have you watched this? Have you watched this man's career? He is creative. A genius? Boy, I don't know if I'd go that far. (laughs) I saw the fiend. I mean, he has ideas. Are they good? Not always. Could this be good? Potentially. We'll see what happens. But right now, I mean, he got a nice pop. That's to be expected. People saying that this was one of the, I saw people saying it was the top return of all time. Are these people insane? Like, it's not even close. It's not even in the top five. The only people who could possibly say that have been watching wrestling for like, Definitely less than five years, or I would have to say less than a year, because it's definitely not on the level of CM Punk's return. No. I mean, no. CM Punk, yeah, though people say, oh, that's AEW, it's not as big. Yeah, but CM Punk was on top in WWE when way more people were watching pro wrestling than when Bray Wyatt was doing all that fiend bullshit. So it was a bigger moment because people never thought he'd come back to pro wrestling. That was a huge moment. I mean, I don't know, off the top of my head, I messaged you about this. Ric Flair, like nobody was mentioning the Ric Flair four host horsemen uh, reunion in 98. That was a way better return. Yep. I mean, I don't know how many times I've watched that over the years. I will never watch this one again. Uh, you just talked about it with Liam, Ultimate Warrior at WrestleMania 8. Hunter in 2002 at the Garden. Of course, Cena coming back as a surprise in the 08 Royal Rumble. I mean, even The Undertaker at Judgment Day. We, we reviewed that one on Top Rope Nation Classics. Hell, Kyle, I would even say the NWO in 2002 oh, is okay. above I, this. I mean, seeing, getting, seeing, might be seeing Hogan back in now. the WWF, you might be getting that's a little way bigger than, don't you think seeing Hulk Hogan return to the WWF after the Monday Night Wars was a way bigger return than Bray Wyatt returning? Uh, I'll say this. You mentioned <laughs> Triple H and now Hulk Hogan in 2002. Few things give me as much strength through these veins as Hunter Hearst Helmsley waiting out the failed invasion so he could return <laughs> yes. as the conquering hero. He gets that big pop, and then the babyface run falls absolutely flat on its ass by WrestleMania because he gets usurped by Hogan, and then Hogan falls flat on his ass. So, yeah, that gives me a lot of strength. Those first few months of 2002 was <laughs> bad as it was. So, look, all right, you mentioned it. He got a superstar reaction that absolutely needs to be noted, but everyone gets big reactions now. I old enough to remember when WWE fans 
would say the phrase, what happens when the pops run out to AEW? Yeah. These Bray Wyatt fans are a strange fucking breed, man. <laughs> there is some stuff I saw on social media, not just after the debut, but leading up to it, that I was like, who the fuck are these people? Like, talking about what this means and the history of the Fiend. I'm like, what happened to a couple guys just trading hands in the wrestling ring? Mm -hmm. Like, would today's fans, like, think The Undertaker at the 1994 Rumble was cool? Oh. Because that was very bad. (laughs) That, That was very bad. It was universally panned at the time. Yeah. And here's another thing. Okay. Um, th- this was something that I had on my mind leading up to this return. I don't ever want to fucking hear somebody complain that they have to Google a wrestler that they don't know that's on AEW television. Why do I say that? Dude, this QR code stuff, What? I, what is this? So in the repack report, and for those new to the program, that's my version of the Finkel report, sent to, by, to me by my good friend Chad Repack, who listens to all the podcasts. He sent me post wrestling's review of Raw last week, not the one from last night, but last week. And they were getting into like what you find in these QR codes and what these people were saying. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why would anyone do this? Like fucking Samson and Delilah and cutting off hair and coordinates. What is this? <laughs> so I know that people are saying, oh, I got a lot of people talking. It was it, not for me, I think. So that is the distinction you and I, I think, need to draw right now. Got a superstar reaction. Mm-hmm. Not for us. Now, yep. moving forward. Justin is correct. You mentioned what he said to us in text. More than anything, Bray Wyatt's future performance will be a referendum on, is it the character or was it Vince McMahon? Mm -hmm. And this fucking Wyatt six and these people dressed up like pigs and bunnies. And what is this? This is dumb. Vince wasn't there this time, right? I mean, they're still, I mean, nod to the funhouse bullshit, which is and, and some the of the worst stuff they ever aired. Yeah. To, him and Alexa bliss is legitimately like the worst thing in wrestling history. I think. Oh yeah. When I saw Alexa tweet something like, Oh, hello friend. Or so I was like, Oh dear God, please. No, <laughs> like, do not do that. Yes. And, the, the thing with me when people wanted to blame Vince, and maybe we'll be wrong, I don't know. But when I would like watch the Firefly Funhouse, I was like, I can't imagine that any of this came from the brain of Vince McMahon. Right? I mean, it's, it's yeah. like a fuck. He's an old man who like eats started- medium well steak. He doesn't fucking know about the Firefly Funhouse. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I think it's going to be very interesting moving forward because as you noted, the fiend after that very, fir- after the very first match, the debut at SummerSlam 2019, it went South in a hurry. So another thing that we need to talk about, Meltzer got ripped for pointing out that why it looked a little heavy. There were people like, oh, After this great debut, that's what Dave Meltzer has to say? Well, what Dave 
likely knows and was alluding to with that comment is Wyatt's weight was the reason he got released. Mm-hmm. I know that for a fact. Mm-hmm. Um, his cardio was shit. People probably didn't notice because the matches were fucking terrible. I mean, it could have been Carl Lewis. The matches <laughs> would have been hideous with <laughs> doing the shit they were doing. But his car, he was gassed. He wasn't in good shape. He had gotten big. So I think Meltzer, knowing what he probably knows, seeing that Wyatt still looked a little heavy, was probably a little surprised. And I think he was absolutely correct to note that for the record. I we'll see what they do with it because the people are into it. But you know, you referenced ultimate warrior at WrestleMania eight. I remember as a 12 year old kid, I was really into that. Like a lot of 12 year old kids might be into this Bray Wyatt right now. I'm telling you right now, by June, the ultimate war is pretty shit in 1992. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Papa Shango, everybody. Yeah. Very bad. And I, I we'll see what he does, who he feuds with. My hopes are not high for this. Could we be proven wrong? Of course we could. But I watched The Fiend in 2019 and 2020, and it was atrocious. The fucking swap match? Oh, God. I had to erase that from my memory. The fucking (laughs) entire... (laughs) This guy has the distinction of having two of the worst feuds ever, both with Randy Orton. (sighs) I mean, how many times has that happened where two people have had, like, the worst feud ever? Like the same two people. That is truly a remarkable achievement when you think about it. Like everyone was like, oh, there's no way that you could do a worse feud than Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt in 2017. And then they ran it back in 2020 and were like, yeah, hold my beer. I just, I, I see no reason. Like it could work out well. I hope it does. I'd rather watch it if it's good. I'm just saying that, again, I have no reason to think it will. I mean, again, talking about the grading on a curve. I mean, I saw comments that night about, look, what a great job WWE did. They teased it. They laid out the hints and then it happened. Like, yeah, <laughs> what are your standards? They hinted yeah. something was going to happen and it happened. Hallelujah. Like, yeah. yes, that's what's supposed to happen. Like, what? Mm-hmm. That I, made it the I, greatest I, return of all time because they hinted at it and it happened. What okay. have we been saying for years on this program i've been saying it before i was even on this program if you know if people were listening or not the wwe over the last 20 years it's a moment's promotion right Mm -hmm. there's something that people get really excited about and then you know a few months later it's sort of forgotten and meaningless and people are like oh remember when that happened it was kind of cool and then they kind of shit the bed with it yeah this is something i'm personally not excited about uh anything else on why should we just move on and just broad stroke cover the rest of the show here my hair looks pretty good right now i like it looks it's got some nice volume people should be watching the video stream right now you're missing us live you guys subscribe to the youtube channel you know let us uh make a run at some of those people with their wwe guests every single week kissing the (laughs) ass so they can do the downloads give us some help people um he's shooting yeah (laughs) i am shooting please subscribe (laughs) uh yeah the best match opened the show for sure. That's six, man. We already, you know, referenced it. It's something that like the feud has some legs are going to keep at it. I thought the finish was predictable given what happened on SmackDown, you know, so 
you know, the, the brawling brutes get their victory because, you know, yet again, Sheamus came up short on SmackDown. I mean, that was pretty predictable the, to me. But the brawling brutes is a bad name. It like, is just bad. like, listen to yourself when you say it. I'm not like, you know, shitting on you by any means, but like <laughs> the brawling brutes. I'm who would know, say something like that. Some people have gotten their full names back. We got Matt Riddle now again. Like, why are we still calling him Butch? Could we just make that change, please? I, I think that's kind of like, well, I mean, even though I was going to say, well, you can't just like change a name like totally. But look what they're doing with uh, L.A. Knight. Yeah. Like on Raw. Like, they got, God, do people just not care? He's like, uh, like, didn't he, he like mention his name or something? Like, yeah, that's not next. That's L.A. Knight again. It's a motherfucker. Mm. It's the same human being. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pardon yeah. me. But you were right. This was the match of the night. I thought a good match, not a great one. Uh, no. I was actually a little disappointed in it in the sense that, look, my timeline is is not one that was like overwhelmingly positive toward this show. But this was a match that people were like, okay, we'll watch this. So I, I was excited about it, but I, I was like, yeah, it was a better than average WWE brawl. I did like it more than Gunther and Sheamus on SmackDown believe it or not. I was really mm. disappointed by that. I'd agree. Because, God, they took that first commercial break so quick, you couldn't even get into the match. I was out of it. Like, they just started. They're like, all right, we're going to go to commercial. It seemed like the commercial breaks were so ill-timed. It was hard to get into. Uh, yeah. This feud probably is the second best thing in WWE right now, behind the bloodline. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was a little disappointed that no with this six-man Donnybrook, that no one in the, what we'll call, supporting cast was given any real opportunity to shine, Ryan. Basically, the four guys that weren't Gunther and Sheamus were just there to assist in beatdowns or get beat up. Yeah. You referenced the maniacal butch or the rabid butch, I believe is it was the term Michael Cole was using. More on him later. But he was working more like Pete Dunne now. But that's about it. Kaiser, he had a nice tan. Looked good. But you would think if you're going to book a match like this, right, with the seconds or the you know the, the two groups, that someone in, again, maybe it's a disparaging term, it's not intended to be, the supporting cast would shine. So it's like, hey, we could maybe do a singles match down the line with, you know, Butch and Gunther. Or whatever, but they gave you I, no reason to care about those four individuals. And I've said it before on this program, Ryan. The WWE makes so clear who is important and who is not important in these matches, and they just made it very clear to me that those four guys aren't really important. So when they were doing anything, I just didn't really give a shit. Yeah, there wasn't like the extended work where you would take them seriously. Like they had spots where they did some cool stuff you know like holland had the uh like the the two-man back body drop at one point in time you know like spots a spot here and there but not like a full section of the match yeah, no, to really spotlight them yeah nothing where you're like oh yeah I mean, maybe this guy's pretty good yeah and, and, and to be honest that's what this whole show was it was just a collection of spots and then laying around spot laying yeah. around spot laying around that's the new wwe yeah. style uh let's see i mean like yeah dunn or butch sorry uh had like a a moonsault off the barrels like that was a spot again nothing like yeah 
We won't get any interviews if you call him Pete Dunn. <laughs> Good point. Good point. So, Who? I mean, I want I wanted to read a quote that Justin sent to us on this. He said, uh, like, in a text this morning, since Justin's on the show, again, Justin has the newborn at home. He's been with us once since then, but he's keeping pretty busy right now. So we'll give Justin some time off when he needs it. Um, He said, quote, even the best match on the card had the stink of that choreographed both teams square off moment. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. Yep. Yeah, true. I, I've got a quote for you as well. Hard hitting, precise, proficient, Imperium, Michael Cole. Oh, that was another thing on the show. Michael Cole, and you had this thing in the Facebook group, is just horrendous. The screaming and the screeching, and he's just so over the top. I mean, it's just... It's like he hasn't improved at all. You know, everyone's like, oh, he's not produced by Vince now, so we're going to really, you know, get the real Michael Cole. Dude, it felt like we'd gone back in time 20 years, especially during that Edge Balor match, where he was just doing shitty Jim Ross impressions. Yeah. Uh, Look, Sheamus is probably going to win the Intercontinental title at some point. I guess that's good. Although I don't really want to see him have a long run with it. I just kind of want to see him get the belt, then maybe drop it back to Gunther. Because I like Mm -hmm. Gunther as the Intercontinental champion a lot. Although I wonder what these WWE rubes think of Gunther. Like, because the way they're framing him, it's like, he wants to take wrestling back when it was serious. And that's kind of like a shitty way to frame him. Like, why can't he just be a badass who just beats the dog shit out of people? I know. Oh, Jesse, we're getting there. Jesse, buddy. we'll get there <laughs> in the chat. Please slaughter the Edge versus Balor match. Oh, we will. Just wait. Um, I, I got to ask a question. Now, this is going to kind of put you on the spot. I should I should have give you a heads up on this one. But like, oh, with the Liv Morgan Ronda Rousey match. Oh, extreme rules. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Let's go to this. Um. Who would be like a good comparison on the men's side where, you know, they got a run with the title because they're popular with the fans, but they're just not that good. Cause like, Oh, um, who would you, who would you say would be a a good comp there? Because like, yeah, I mean, you feel good for her. She is popular. She's a nice person and all that. Just the, she's not really world title level right now, you know? No, no. And yeah, here's the thing. This isn't, I don't know. Like to me, when I think of this run and just how worthless it was, I actually thought of like Big E's run. To be honest, although Big E's good, but he's good, yeah, yeah. But like, I don't know who's like who's a. a I couldn't. A pop, I couldn't think of someone off the top. Like of a someone popul- who's popular, just not a, a good. popular guy who's like got a, a groundswell and um. If like they gave him like one run with the bell to like keep the fans happy, because that's kind of feels like what this is. Like I don't really. Especially with Ronda getting it back and the other people in the division, I just don't see Liv getting another title run anytime soon. Who? Oh boy, who is like? If you have hmm. any thoughts, let us know in the chat because it, yeah. it has to be someone who wasn't solid in the ring, you know, like Big E. Like you said, it's it's kind of hard to think of a comp, at least for a world champion to me, who got like the feel good one, who just wasn't a know, great I, worker. Kofi's not a great worker, but it, that that felt bigger in the moment than Liv yeah, certainly. I don't know, but look, I'll just, I don't know, people in the chat, if, if they can think of something, that, that, that feel free to contribute to that one. But uh, look, Liv is no championship level performer. Mm-hmm. There's just no doubt about it. And these you deserve it runs that people get, whether it's her or Big E last year, they just devalue titles. And Money in the Bank is supposed to be the star making device. 
And it seems in recent years, everyone who wins Money in the Bank, they like get this crummy cash in that doesn't put them over. And then they have Mm -hmm. a horrific title run. And all you're doing is cheapening the gimmick of money. Like it's supposed like it made edge in 2006. That was so key to this whole deal. But now it's just like, yeah, you know, when we're bored and want to pop a rating or just we could change a title for the fuck of it, we'll do it. And then we'll just take it off of them and they'll go right back down. I remember when you and I were on Garrett Gonzalez's show right after Liv won it. That was Money in the Bank, right? Yes. Yeah, it was. It was that night. Yeah. Yeah. And he asked us, you know, oh, you know, do you think they really can go all the way with Liv? And I believe I said, yeah, by October, she'll be right back where she came from. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, Kyle Ryan, I'm not talking about New Jersey. I'm talking about the mid card. <laughs> and she just, uh, th- this match stunk. Maybe Liv is a very nice person. I don't know her personally. She is definitely well liked backstage. Mm-hmm. Just the idea of her and Ronda Rousey is just pretty bad. And I'm not like a big Ronda fan, certainly in this run. I think she's been phoning it in from <laughs> minute one. Yeah. Th- this just stunk. And again, the only positive is that Liv's not champion anymore. She did have, and people sometimes talk about how you can see it on people's faces sometimes when they come out that they're going to be The boo-boo face. Oh my God. She had the boo-boo face big time. Like she almost looked like there there was tears in her eyes. Honest to God, if you go back and watch, I knew right away. Like, I mean, I predicted her to lose for sure. But like, it was very clear when she came out that like this was the end. She's just kind of a pretend to play wrestler i remember somebody i might have been garrett actually when we were talking about it to be honest and you know i, I with all due respect everyone's entitled to their opinions but live is the classic playing pro wrestler mm-hmm. to me like yeah, her emotion yeah. is just so phony looking i mean did you see this i actually shared the link uh in the notes there i don't know if you had caught it beforehand or not oh this not interview yet, no. After the match, where Megan Morant found her like hunched over in the dark. Oh no, that sounds very bad. And she was just making more faces. I don't know. They they were clearly going somewhere with the face. I assume she's gonna turn heel and blame it on the fans that oh you turned on me in my moment because that's mm. what they do when they fail to get over a baby face. But I don't know what was up with her faces, but it was like horrible. In this match, when she was supposed to be selling and she was like smiling when she passed out. Yeah. Just awful. The only positive, well, there were two positives here that Rhonda got the title back. And I don't know if they were intentional or not, but it seemed Rhonda had some decent heel mannerisms. I don't, again, I don't oh, know if they, yeah, the end, I, yeah. I, I don't know if she was trying to do them or if she just legitimately did not give a fuck. Because <laughs> there's been so many times where we thought it was like, Rod is definitely, you know, like full on turn here. And then it hasn't really played out. But yeah, she had that at the end, how she like walked over her and yeah. Yeah. Who knows? But yeah, I mean, it, the the match was rough. It started okay. It really like broke down later in the match after like um, Morgan had some bunch of chair shots to Rousey. And like basically the match after that kind of got sloppy. Yeah, yeah I, and again, this is what I was talking about with it might as well just have boom and kapow and stuff with these shots. Like, they're just hitting each other with chairs and baseball bats over and over. 
And it might as well just be those weak-ass punches that you see from Riddle and Rollins in the main event. They just mean yeah. nothing. Like, a baseball bat just means nothing yeah. on the show. Uh, Jesse's got one in the chat. It's, EC, it's ECW, not WWF, WCW. But he said Mikey Whipwreck. That could be a good comp. I actually like ECW. Whipwreck's title run, though. A lot more than Liv Morgan's title run. But like, I mean, like not someone you'd really think of as like a world champion. I mean, it's the ECW no. title. It was but, but, promotion, but, but yeah, I mean, yeah. They, they were doing it. On, they were telling a story there that like because he kept beating Austin and stuff. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, by um, Curtis, Cur- Curtis had Nikki Ash in the women's division for sure. It's very similar, but on the men's side, it's like, yeah. And, it's and by the way, by the way, how did Nikki Ash come to the title? Yeah, terrible. Money in the Engine. bank. They are killing yeah. this yeah. gimmick, dude. Bad way and, and, and for I'm baby su- face. And I'm supposed to give a fuck about this thing next July? Uh, look, we're going to talk about ladder matches in a moment, how I don't give a shit about them to begin with, but you're just cheapening it, and I just do not see a place for live at the top of the card, and there shouldn't be, quite frankly. Huh. They're just sh- I mean, th- th- she, Since she's popular, I'm not saying throw her to the scrap people life. I'm just saying there should be a way you know, to keep her relevant and not in the championship picture. I don't know. Put her with a tag partner. Didn't they, aren't they bringing Sarah Logan back or something? Hmm. With some of yeah, her. I mean, I guess they could do that. Shitty takes, but yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah no kidding. <laughs> but I mean, whatever. How do you feel about strap matches, Kyle? They're usually pretty like good. To strap it on. Love sting invader. at super Bowl three. <laughs> I'm not going to answer that last question. <laughs> <laughs> oh drew poor drew mcintyre no pegging oh. in the ross household <laughs> this has got to be among our top five shows of all time kyle yeah Man. there we go uh, well i'll tell you this was not one of the top five strap matches of all time probably the most boring strap match i've ever seen and i'm gonna throw a question to you now and i assure you that this is not a trick question. So please, if not, they never are. So please answer this question honestly, okay? Okay. If you are told someone is a good pro wrestler, that probably means that they're good at some skill set of pro wrestling, right? <laughs> you would hope. Okay. Follow up. What is Karrion Cross good at doing? Looking pro wrestling wise. <laughs> Looking strong, and uh, it about ends there. Yeah. This guy is just no damn good. And, you know, it's so funny. People go, oh, Triple H, the difference maker. He's taking WWE to a new level. The, the stuff that he's doing that we know Vince wouldn't have, like bringing certain people back and, and giving them pushes, has not impressed me at all. Karrion Cross, I said it on Facebook, and I'm going to say it again here. Okay, and I'm sorry, Ryan Huffman. You're a good guy. Congratulations is in order to you as well. I like you a lot. But I remember he posted stuff about Karrion Cross that he kind of liked him, and maybe some people didn't. And I'm definitely some people, okay? This guy is a non-monster who requires a monster push. They've already changed his finish because – I'm sure half the main roster was like, the site of suplex doesn't work for me, brother. Not taking that. And, you know, you look at who the world champion is in this company, Roman. I mean, it, it, the idea that Karrion Cross 
you know, as a fellow monster badass heel, is better at anything than Roman Reigns is like la- I don't even want to say it's laughable. It's it's like nauseating if someone thinks yeah. that. So I don't really know what the point of a carrying cross push is. He's just not very good. Scarlet, good looking, but it's mitigated by the fact that she moves around like me when I have to pee and it's the last two minutes of a football game. She makes those goofy ass faces. Just to, I I don't get this at all. Harry and Cross? Dude, I mean, it's just you're going in. It was again predictable he would win because they seem to be like priming him to, I guess, challenge Roman and lose. And then I don't know where you go with him. But like TikTok, Kyle, here he comes. I mean, I can't wait till the time is up. Yeah, poor Drew McIntyre. You know, he finishes, doesn't get the win over there <laughs> in his homeland, and then he comes back and he's got to lose to Karrion Cross. I mean, geez. I mean, we talk about pops. Drew McIntyre got a hell of a pop coming out and yeah, just I mean, to lose yet again. I mean, yeah. you look, compare the two guys. I mean, he has way more to offer than Kerry. Oh, Cross. it's not even close. Yeah, but by yeah. far the less talented guy went over here. I mean, yeah, you, poor Drew is right. I mean, here's a guy has the biggest match in his career, loses it, y- you know, and has to, you know, fucking gets, you know, Tyson Fury singing Neil Diamond to him like he's some fucking <laughs> loser Boston Red Sox fan. Okay. I'm sure, you know, Bill Simmons enjoyed the end of that fucking show. Okay. But, and now he's feuding with this fucking idiot, Karrion Cross, and losing to him. And this was, like, awful, too, the way it was worked. It was a strap match. The whole point of a strap match is the guys can't go anywhere. They're yeah. tied together. And they're in the crowd. Like, whoever put this together, this match, just either didn't care or wasn't particularly smart. Uh, we, we talk about this Karrion Cross push. I don't know if it was Cole or Graves that said this, but one of them said, a hush has fallen over this audience. This was when Cross was on offense. That is, of course, WWE speak for, we know this guy isn't over, but we're going to keep trying. Yeah. Harry I mean, they didn't Cross? even. I mean, they, they didn't even have, you know, like the drag him to the corner stipulation and all that. It was well, just, I don't really like that anyway. But, <laughs> but I mean, it was wasn't no like violence. a traditional strap match to begin with. And then, yeah. Anyone who thinks this is good, should be forced to watch, and maybe I can look up the official date on it. But there was a... It was different. They weren't tied together, but everyone got a belt. There, It, it was Von Erich's Freebirds. I think it, it was... I want to say it was November of 83. It was definitely 83. It was, um, And this is just... like They were just beating the dog shit out of each other with these belts. It was fucking awesome TV match. <laughs> Anyone who like, thinks this is good should be forced to watch that match on repeat until they understand what you can do with this gimmick. Cause this was just so boring. Real quick interjection on on that. Have you seen the the new territory show on vice? No, I have not yet. I I, bet I I, I intended to, is there been another one besides Memphis or I think the second one is also Memphis and it's about Andy Kaufman. I think that was on tonight, but uh, I did see the first one. It's very good. Cool. Yeah, it, it is very good. You would enjoy it. So check that out, you guys, to be yeah. positive about something. <laughs> it's it's yeah. a cool show. Uh, you know, it's look, we don't want to be uh, hypocritical. They need to push new people. OK, so it's like, oh, yeah, you guys always complain that they just 
have the same people wrestling each other. And here they're trying to push someone new and you're shitting on it. Well, yeah, Einstein, we want them to push new good people. Mm-hmm. Not Karrion Cross. It's the same thing when Austin Theory, when Vince was trying to push him. Th- this guy's heat segments are fine, except for the fact there's no heat. <laughs> the crowd is like, they, they just, you know, the, the crowd falls into a coma when these guys are in offense. That's for sure. Forget about rooting for the baby face. I mean, these, I mean, the the people are fighting to stay alive. Boy, I mean, this is a 10 minute match. It felt like 25 was, uh, yeah. But by the way, Scarlett, she was real gotten to by blowing that fireball spot on SmackDown a couple weeks ago, huh? Cause she really got that fake pepper spray and Drew's, oh my God, if that was real pepper spray, Drew McIntyre would, would have been like Rey Mysterio at uh, Extreme (laughs) Rules, the horror show, would have had his eyes removed. Lost it. Yeah. Well, yeah, remember that, by the way? Fit? Oh, God. Another one I've tried to erase ah, from. I'm, gl- from I'm glad memory. that Ray's eye is back in his socket and he's wrestling okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, I guess that's how they pro- no. you know protect Drew in the finish, but I didn't really yeah. care for it. I, I don't know. The, the the main talking point coming out of this match is the carrying cross is just no good. Yeah. And I and, and at this stage of the game, is he going to get good? I mean, how old is he? Is he like 38? How he's, old is I mean, he? He's, yeah, he's been around a while. I mean, uh, yeah, thirty-seven, pretty close. Thirty-seven. Yeah, I don't, I don't see dramatic improvement. From no. Him. So at this point, I mean, this show was in a huge lull <laughs> as I was watching this. You know, like I pretty, I enjoyed the first match. It wasn't like an all timer, but it was, it was a decent match. And then they, those last two were real bad. We get to the women's ladder match: Bianca Belair and Bailey. They go sixteen minutes. I mean, it was a showcase for Bailey, or I mean, Bianca and her strength. You know, they did the whole spot where she lifts the ladder with Bailey on. I mean, we've seen that multiple times now, the exact same spot. But I mean, it's a showcase of her strength. She looked good out there. Um, boy, I don't know. Like, you have this in your notes how damage control, if that's really been a, a success or not. I thought, to be honest, I thought they might change the title here because as I looked at it, I was like, I mean, where does Bianca go from here? I mean, well, I mean, she'd keep working with Bailey a little bit, but I mean, I don't know. So, I honestly debated skipping this match altogether because I am so sick of ladder matches. One of the yeah. highlights, personal highlights for me of this program in recent weeks and months is when you and I reviewed uh, All Out. And you asked me to give a star rating to that la- opening ladder match, and I hit you with the big dud. And I think your eye, your eyes are about ready to come out of their sockets. You're like, dud? Yes. Excuse me? What? I stand. I, by- I still do not agree with that. For uh, <laughs> for the record, I was shocked. I, I stand by it. And on that note, as we're talking about Bianca and Bailey here, a question to all of our listeners: those of you who still get excited for ladder matches, why? <laughs> Like, who hears a ladder match? I was like, fuck yeah, man, a ladder match. That's exactly <laughs> what I need. Like, who would think that in 2022? <laughs> I hate ladder matches. I never want to see a ladder match, like, for at least six months. Yeah. It's way um, played out. Did you, did but, you notice on commentary when uh, Michael Cole, he said something about... Um, <laughs> Like the everyone thinks about the first ladder match, and then he threw in that was televised, uh, Razor Ramon and 
Shawn Michaels. Yeah. He, he quickly corrected himself. I didn't even notice that, to be honest with you. Good catch. <laughs> uh, but you did note that Bianca looked pretty good in spots here. I would agree. She got the show off her athleticism. Uh, we ripped on Liv Morgan as just simply not a championship-level wrestler. Bianca is, no doubt about it. Yes. She's one of been one of the better things in 2022 WWE. But there were some spots in this. I know Rick Skelton uh, will be all over us, probably if we don't point this stuff out. But there were there were just some bad spots, like the the double KOD. There was, you know, people sh- shit on indie wrestling all the time. You saw Disco Inferno, that tool. That found the misinformation, that loser, that nobody, okay, was like... Eh, as, I forgot Stone Cold Loser, yes. Stone Cold Loser, but as he should have, and there were a lot of other people shitting on, did you see, I think it was Progress, that clip of like, the guy was on the shoulders forever, and basically the guys took like 90 seconds to get in position to take yeah. the spot. Everyone was, you, you saw that, right, on Twitter? Yeah. I think yeah. everyone was shitting on it. Well, like, dude, there was such cooperation on the double KOD. Like, I get it. It's kind of cool that Bianca can balance them both up there, but that was bad. And yeah. as much as I like Bianca and think she's doing good in her role, Bailey and damage control, again, another Triple H concept that I don't think is living up to advanced billing. They've underdelivered, in my opinion. First of all, damage control is a stupid name, especially <laughs> with the CTRL. Name. It's a stupid spell it like idea. a keyboard. Let's spell yeah. it like a keyboard, man. 21st and century. Like, Bailey hasn't been that great. It, she seems a little disinterested. Am I reading into things? I mean, the is highlight for be- me is when she insults the little kids in the crowd. <laughs> That's pretty funny stuff. But I, I mean, guess. outside of that, yeah, I mean. And, you know, I, I saw some people speculating that they might have uh, EO Sky and Dakota Kai like turn on her down the road because mm. they're like whispering behind in the face. Didn't they just do that with Judgment Day? And here's my yeah. big question coming out of this match. What, what's the heat for War Games? If it's going to be Bianca and friends against this damage control gimmick, because the heels, you know, they're not getting the world title. The leader has already lost, granted, in the ladder match scenario, but, you and, know, yeah. And Bianca didn't have any trouble fighting off all three of them. Oh, for, yeah. <laughs> Why does she need her friends? Right. She just beat them one on three. Why would you run these groups as the war games? Very astute point, Mr. Drosty. Um, you know, yeah, EO and Dakota are the tag team champions, but they lost and then won it back in a rematch. Right? Got a, a, where were you when Aaliyah and Raquel Rodriguez were women's <laughs> tag team champions? That's a question I'm going to be, you know, we could ask each other five years from now. <sighs> And then Aaliyah, Aaliyah's like not even on TV. Isn't Raquel teaming up with someone else now? Yeah. I think she was teaming up with Shotzi. There's another winner. That's right. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Shotzi. She got the tank, Kyle. My God, they brought the tank. Breaking news. They're going to use it this time. Does the tank <sighs> have any skit wrestling skill in it that could rub off on her? <laughs> yeah. But no, I mean, this was like... I don't know. There were spots that were like okay in this, but I, again, this was just an entire card full of one big spot, lay around for two minutes. You, you forget about the big spot. They move to the next one. It's lay yeah. around. Forget. I just, I don't know. This I, Again, this wasn't good in my opinion. Um, Brian was talking in the chat about, you know, a miscast of, of Bailey. I would agree as far as like the stable goes. I think Bailey can be a very good heel. We saw that before injury. 
Yeah, she um, was really good. I, I just she was like the highlight of the show as a heel. She, so I I wouldn't go so far as to me personally. Like I wouldn't compare it to Becky Lynch, who I mean, clearly everyone wanted to cheer for, and the heel thing just didn't work. Bailey was very good as a heel. It's just the the stable aspect of it. I would agree is is a miscast. So it's not working out. Yeah, and I don't know what it. It just seems like she's not been great in the ring either. Even I mean, not yeah. that like I mean, she's not like you know ricky steamboat or something to begin with but i mean like she was uh, you know by WWE standards a very good women's wrestler and just i don't know it seems like kind of a going through the motions type deal so the finish looked cool i mean you mentioned the double kod was bungled didn't look great but um the kod at the end on bailey when was she had like a piece of the ladder if I remember right like that looked mm. pretty good that looked pretty good um and then that led into the finish so I could have seen the title switching. They didn't go that direction. Since they didn't go that direction, you're right. There's just not a lot of draw for the war game situation. So, you know, maybe that we'll maybe that that won't be the war games. I don't know. I don't know yeah. what it will be if it isn't. Yeah, I mean, it Triple H's promised stories, though. Remember, gang. Yes, there will be stories. There will not be blood, though. Daniel Day Lewis. <laughs> All right. Speaking of Here Daniel Day Lewis, this was not Daniel Day Lewis. <laughs> what we're about to talk to was it? this. Uh, this match felt longer than Lincoln, Kyle. Um, I like that movie for the record, but it was a very long movie. Longer uh, than a night at Ford's Theater. <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> uh, Finn Balor. God, the history teacher in me just loved that one. Uh, there you go. I don't um, say what about halfway through this puppy. I was thinking about sitting in the Lincoln seats at Fort Theater, buddy. <laughs> I was begging for John Wilkes Booth to take me out of my misery. <laughs> Why in the hell? How did was we the need play, Mrs. Lincoln? 30, 30 minutes for this match. I'm watching this. Like, is it ever going to end? And then it was just like. The match was worked in slow motion. Uh, there was a point where, was it Edge kind of like went back into the corridor? And I was kind of hoping he wouldn't come back. <laughs> you know, like, Jesus. It's and over, here folks. We, go some more. we quit. Mean, <laughs> the fans have quit. <laughs> oh, man. it. Uh, this was not good. I mean, I didn't even really try to keep notes <laughs> because I just did not enjoy it at all. It felt never-ending. Uh, it felt longer. It felt longer than thirty minutes, to be honest with you. Um, I did think, you know, in the end, with with Beth coming out, you know, whatever. Again, like they're the finish was that they were going to do the concerto to Beth Phoenix. This being uh, Judgment Day, and so then Edge Blood quits because he doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't want to see his wife get the concerto, and then of course they did it anyways after he quit. She sold that pretty good with like the twitching hand and everything. I will say. Took us a long freaking time to get there, though. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. I mean, I just, I don't really have a lot to say other than the match was way too long. It wasn't good. It didn't hold my interest whatsoever. If you're going to go 30 minutes, you got to have something good planned. And this just was not, was not good. And it was just too slow. Very slow moving. Look, I'm not going to sugarcoat this one iota. People that give edge matches four plus stars should be sent to Guantanamo Bay. these matches are so hokey and so cheesy like everyone gives hulk hogan shit hulk hogan deserves a lot of shit for you know 
you know, having hokey and cheesy matches, right? Like hulking up and just like mm-hmm. no selling everything you see, but whatever. At least fucking Hogan had the decency to wrap things up in under 15 minutes. What is this Edge's story? Why does every match have to go so... Like, I was ready for this match to end before the interference started. And then the interference just kept going. And another thing during this match was WWE has really been playing with crowd noise, I feel, in recent months. That goes back to the end of the Vince McMahon tenure. I don't know what heat is real and what isn't. They'll show people in the crowd reacting for sure. But sometimes it feels like they had the sound machine on. And I thought they had the sound machine on down the home stretch for this thing. Yeah. Uh, probably because everyone was in a coma. Again, the word in my notes, interminable. Uh, during the parade of interference, which just went on for so long, Dom, of all people, made <sighs> me laugh once. Uh, by, when it was just down to like him and Edge, and he like extended his hand. That was kind of funny. The problem with this Judgment Day group, the Judgment Day, is, again, it feels like everyone's just playing heel. With Dom, at least the people legit hate him, but the problem with him is that he makes, like, the fucking honky-talk man look like Lufez. (laughs) He's just not good. No, he's horrible. He's a very bad pro wrestler. Uh, At one point during this match, I started just to kill the time i started laughing about the infamous uh what i called uncle rico promo down in nxt remember when edge had uh who uh dunn and balor just standing there listening to how he used to be able to throw a ball over those mountains <laughs> yeah and they were like just two school children listening to the old vet tell war stories no <laughs> i don't know what went on longer that promo or this match but neither were any fucking good oh mm-mm I, I I don't know. I feel bad for Edge. I feel that his head is a smart wrestling mind, but dude, he has had some of the absolute most god awful shit since his return. That match at WrestleMania with Orton, oh, we've yeah. talked yeah. about that. Like Ryan Satin was the only human being that uh, praised it. Um, this is just like awful. It's also. This is such weird match layout. So, like, why do you put this in the semi-main? I know it's a pretty short card, but if what I'm saying is if they're going to go 30 minutes. Yeah, yeah why? I, that's You're right. That's almost unheard of, isn't it? Like, a semi-main going 30? Because you're real, like. Either it's going to be really got, good and you, like, burn out the crowd. Yeah. Or it's going to be really bad. And you're going to kill the crowd's a crowd. dead. So well, like, I mean, the thing is, there? there were people who enjoyed this, but it just, I don't know, it made the main event kind of seem anticlimactic and not that big. They just, they, they just did so many things. And I just, I don't think the crowd cared as much as they wanted to. And Michael Cole in this match was insufferable, especially yep. down the home stretch. Yeah. Can we get a doctor? Like it was just so phony and you just like so poorly acted even like when Edge came to Beth's, like, you know, defense or whatever after she took the kid's share, that was like really awful. Mm. And it was just like, oh my God. And then you like start thinking how this feud's going to continue. And like AJ's involved now and the, with the fucking good brothers. You're like, how could this possibly get any worse? Well, how about bringing back Gallows and Anderson into the fold? 
I mean, if you are pretending to be, ex- you have to be pretending to be excited. Who on earth could be excited about that? They were together for a long time before, and it was not interesting at all. Why would you care that they're they, coming back? Oh my God, they're going to reunite with AJ Styles. I mean, who cares? When who was cares? the last? When was the last time Carl Anderson and or Luke Gallows tried in a pro wrestling match? <laughs> I defy you to answer me that question. Couldn't know. Uh, couldn't tell you. Look. We've reviewed it. Patrons can check it out if they already haven't. But I'm looking, you know, people are like, why do you always compare things and rank things, man? It's because it provides context. And I can say, hey, I didn't like this. And here's a superior example of some, of this. So, like, the whole deal where Edge is, like, so concerned for his wife. He can't believe what's happened to his wife. My God, his wife has taken the concerto. Compare this to, like, Savage and Jake at Tuesday in Texas. Oh man! Like you, if, don't, you don't got to convince me here, man. Well, I know, you know but like, I, like, like you know, Pete. There, there's like a big thing. Oh, you shouldn't gatekeep in wrestling and tell people like if anyone thinks this is better than that, they shouldn't be allowed to watch pro wrestling. It's just that simple. <laughs> they should true. maybe be tarred and feathered. Quite frankly, <laughs> you're just trying to pop me with these historical references. Yeah. <laughs> this, this, this just like suck. It's like. You know what that it's match like, was also like only a couple of minutes long. Yes, because they knew they had a major angle they wanted to get yes. to afterwards. So they're like, we're not going to do a 20-minute match before the big angle. Yeah. Like, I feel this whole show, it's like, all right, we're going to just do these certain things because our audience accepts them as being good. But none of it meant fuck all on this show. Like, we're mm. not even going through the spots because they didn't mean jack shit. No. This... I, I, this was just, and you know, again, how many times can we have a cop out finish in an I quit match? It, it just, again, it's it, not like why you would care because they do this kind of thing so often. Yeah. yeah I mean, it, it, I, when Foley was in it, you're like, man, how the fuck are they going to get Foley to say I quit mm-hmm. you know, against Rock in 99? And then they went over board with that, obviously. Um, and then they had the silly finish with the recording mm-hmm. of him saying the words I quit, but like, I just don't care. And, you know, I really wish Justin was here because I had a line of questioning for him about Finn Balor. Really hard for me to drum up much interest in him. I know this is like this renewed push, but I don't know. What's the ceiling on it? He's been around. I know he was a good heel in New Japan. I don't really buy him as a, like I said, as an authentic heel in this WWE environment. He just seems like a pretend play heel. Yeah. Smiling Finn. Him and Priest. Not working for me, brother. No. Neither was this main event. No, it wasn't. So let's let's, let's wrap this and get to the main event. So the old fight pit, the old NXT special coming up to the main roster here. Matt Riddle. He's got the mat back. Taking on Seth Rollins. Doesn't have his kids back, though. (laughs) Of course. Hey, that's what fucking Seth keeps saying. Dude, that... I will say that promo they did, like, you know, the satellite deal, or it wasn't satellite, they were both backstage, but where they're on video, like the split screen, and where he was like, hey, you still there? And then he went off on him about you're a bitch and all that. That was good. I liked that. Like, it was a little bit different side of Seth Rollins. Like, he was showing he was pissed because he commented on his family. I did like that segment. It was okay. The problem is, I don't really know how keen it is to point out that about 
like this baby face who's in the, the main event face, that his right. family doesn't want him. Right. Or that he's a shitty I- husband and father. That's an <laughs> odd thing. Hey, all these people you like, all hey, all you people, this guy you like, his fucking family doesn't want him. Uh, okay, maybe I shouldn't like him either then. I think the reason I liked it is because it wasn't like, as we've been saying throughout the show, it wasn't like this playing professional wrestling or cosplaying as professional well, wrestling. Like there was a little bit of an edge to that. No pun intended. Yeah, well, like well. That, I mean, there, that was, that, that's why I liked it. It seemed a yeah. little bit real, you know? Yeah. And, well, well, I'll tell you what Seth gave it all back tonight, buddy. Yeah. This, this match was not good. Now when they announced Daniel Cormier as the special referee, I will admit like, I thought that that was pretty cool. I think I, I tweeted about it that night. Like, okay, because maybe we'll get some mainstream media rub from this. They didn't get much from what I saw. Nothing um, burger. But you, you get a UFC Hall of Famer in there, former UFC champion. You think, all right, this is the main event. You know, they're going to get some attention. They didn't really. So in that regard, this did nothing for him. You know, like he didn't even really play into the finish much. He didn't play into the mat or the match much. I mean, I mean, in the end, you're just kind of like, well, why was he there? You know, they talked about oh, he had he had cheered Seth Rollins back at WrestleMania 31, and there's a there's a video of him on YouTube you can look up or whatever. Okay, but I mean, in the end, it was it was just totally unnecessary. They didn't get the media rub from it, and he he didn't come off like he made anyone a bigger star. No, it was something they tweeted about for a day, and it'll be forgotten in a week. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, again, not going to sugarcoat this. Seth Rollins sucks so fucking bad, <laughs> dude. The only thing that sucks worse than Seth Rollins are the people who sing his theme during these matches. I hate that. I do hate that. But a main event match and everyone's just going, oh, you know, dude. Again, Seth is just so overrated. Like, remember when the crowd, like, he's having that Iron Man match with Dolph Ziggler, another freaking beauty, and they're like just counting down. I just think that there's no real emotional investment in Seth Rollins because. He's cosplaying. I will give him credit. He's apparently moved on from Conor McGregor, Heath Ledger to Rob Van Dam. Because there was clear RVD ripping off in this match. And it was kind of sad, to be honest with you. I mean, here's a guy who's supposed to be this main event level wrestler. And he's just like, you know, dressing like RVD and trying to take his nickname. And it was just, it was really bad. And Cormier, it was, I was howling. Because not only here was he just like shoving around the two loser pro wrestlers who were like so acting so scared of him, mm-hmm. but like on Raw, I don't know if you caught this uh, last week, but they were Riddle and Rollins were arguing, and then there was a pre-tape of Cormier that magically appeared. He knew right when to come on the Titan Tron when these guys were arguing, and he like put the two children in their corner, <laughs> like telling him to sign. It just yeah. it just makes the main yeah. event wrestlers look so lame. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned this is the first time they tried this particular gimmick, the fight pit on the main roster, and it was still paint by numbers. Mm-hmm. Here's a chance to establish a new gimmick. We always bitch about just how watered down these gimmick matches have become, like Money in the Bank and Elimination Chamber. They just worked this basically like a cage match with a platform on top so they could do spots. Uh, Riddle's Senton was kind of the lone highlight for me. Mm hmm. End of the day, again, I compare. I have spreadsheets, man. Give me Ken Shamrock and Owen Hart at SummerSlam 98 oh, over yes. this match any Lions day of the down. week. Yep. Because, A, Shamrock 
you know, was able to convey kind of a real threat of violence because of his history. And, you know, I mean, Owen is, is Owen. Owen will always give you a good match, usually. But this was just like, so, again, a match that was alleged to be violent that was not violent at all. I mean, dude, the punches in this match were dreadful. Hmm. And Cornette brought this up, and it, it is a good point. It really is, and it's something I actually don't think I would have been able to articulate without him hearing it. In the modern era, when the guys go to the ground and the guys starts punching on them on the ground, whether it's baby face or real, the guy on the ground starts covering up. And it makes the punches look so shitty. Because I'm like, God, why can no one throw a decent worked punch anymore? And mm-hmm. I think it has something to do with getting cut. It's hard to throw a worked punch when a guy's covering up. They should just be able to trust each other to throw a good worked punch. Yeah. Like they do with the old, like the, the cover, it just looks awful. Mm-hmm. Like work, no one has a good working punch in this business anymore other than Roman Reigns. Uh, and let's fast forward to the finish. Again, I don't know how many times we talked about this. Another anticlimactic tap out on a WWE premium live event. I don't know if these guys just have a hard on for like UFC and how people can just tap out whenever. In pro wrestling, it doesn't work, man. You need to build and make the tap a little dramatic. Now, I'm not saying you should go overboard like Shawn Michaels and Kurt Angle at WrestleMania 21. When, you know, Shawn Michaels basically, you know, was in the ankle lock for like a fucking hour, it seemed. We all went out into our kitchens and made a sandwich. He was still on the move. Yeah. But, like, dude, how about a little trauma in this thing? I mean, how many times have we seen this? Constant. Like, Roman, it happens <laughs> yeah. a lot, right? And and, yeah. we, and a- AEW did it. I, you and I bitched about this a couple weeks ago with uh, Mox and Brian, how that was an anticlimactic tap out. Build some drama, gang. I I was a little surprised Riddle won, quite frankly, although it became a little clearer, I think, what they're doing on Raw. If we can get into that if uh, after you share your thoughts on the armpit, I mean, the fight pit. (laughs) Uh, First of all, I just, I thought it was hard to follow a little. It was like hard to shoot. The camera work was not good during this match at all. It was hard to get good angles through that cage, the way they were shooting it and the way it's structured. Um, you mentioned like the RVD cosplaying, you know, both when he came out and with the gear he was wearing, Seth being he, um, you know, he did that frog splash like off the cage and it looked very bad. I thought it was not, they even went to a replay of it. I don't know why, because it looked pretty awful. I mean, it was. I'm sure it was hard to, do that off the cage but just didn't and, look good and they were calling him the whole freaking show now or yeah. something like oh my god i was fucking rvd he, just died and rolled over in his grave seth did hit some super kicks that the kicks looked better than like any of the work punches in the match i will say the kicks looked pretty good uh probably kind of stiff to be honest with you the way i saw him um but yeah i mean Again, like I said at the beginning, I mean, Cormier was just a non-factor. And if you're not even getting the media rub, I just, I don't know why. Yeah, no angle, no semblance of an angle whatsoever. Like, I would have thought, okay, maybe they're doing something, him and Seth Rollins at WrestleMania or something. But, I mean, he he was about as useless as that umpire for Undertaker Bundy at WrestleMania 11. (laughs) Was that Larry Young? 
Yeah. I mean, the uh, as you mentioned, the Centon was cool, or the Broton, I should say. It was like, Stop it. when you watch it, you're like, Jesus, that had to hurt. And oh, and that's hurt your tailbone, or at least your ass. Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, it looked pretty brutal. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the triangle choke at the end with no drama, really, in the tap out, it was just kind of a a weak finish. I didn't care for the match at all. Did not live up to any hype at all. I'm not saying I had a lot of hype for it going in. I was, you know, no. somewhat interested because they hadn't done this match on the main roster. And you got Riddle, you know, with the with the actual MMA background, too. But it was just kind of like, meh. They, they just worked on their normal match. Just with Again, a, like, a goofy yeah. getup around them. Like I said, I mean, who could possibly ever go back and rewatch this match? This is why it's not an A show. This is the main event. Nobody would or ever this rewatch this. No, it's an anticlimactic main event. This show didn't really have a main event. That was like no. the big knock on it coming in. Um, you know, Roman's not there. I, they had a nice house. They not what they, they announced it on TV at fifteen thousand. I don't know what the real paid was. I'm sure it wasn't that, but you know, when Roman's not there, it feels like just a secondary show, and that's what this was. Now, WWE's lucky that they got the cock. You know, it's not like in your house where, you know, you were still selling paper, trying to draw pay-per-view buys. Yeah. But, and they weren't, you know, certainly doing attendance-wise, whatever this show did. But I don't know, man. This was just a a nothing show that I will probably never watch again. So That's it's an Extreme A. rules. Yeah. Um, anything? So you wanted to talk a little bit about Raw before we wrap Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mentioned I was surprised Riddle won. Mm -hmm. But as we now know, Rollins is now the U.S. champ. And it's it's so funny how these machinations are working. I'm seeing it here. So, you know, people will know this by the time they listen to this podcast. But Lashley lost the U.S. title to Rollins last night, okay, after being attacked by Brock Lesnar. You can just see all the moving pieces here. At least I can. Lesnar clearly wants his win back from Lashley because he's done multiple jobs to Roman Reigns. But he doesn't want the U.S. title, and WWE probably doesn't want Brock Lesnar to be U.S. champion. He shouldn't be U.S. champion, I guess. What does that say about the U.S. title in general if, like, a big name doesn't even fucking want it? Okay. <laughs> I mean, Cena did it. They could do yeah. it, but yeah. But, but I mean, yeah. But they're not going to. So... They had to have Lashley, who's going to lose to Lesnar, lose the U.S. title first. So he loses to Rollins, who had lost on the pay-per-view to Riddle. Rollins will now probably beat Riddle in a U.S. title match. Yeah. And Lashley will lose to Lesnar. And I imagine that at some point, Lashley will win the title back from Rollins. And this will all be nothing. So have fun. I think you laid it out. Yeah. Makes sense. Did it make sense oh. to do the DX reunion? Jesus Christ. How many times do we need to see this? Especially... Dude, it was so bad. They didn't even do anything. Like Exactly. I, dude, <laughs> I, I, it was so bad that I was pining for the days when they would bury young talent. I mean, like, they, they didn't even do brought that. someone they just... out to, to attack them. They didn't do nothing. It was just like, oh, you want to praise Hunter Hearst Helmsley? Here you go, the DX reunion. Oh, it doesn't hey, you you guys can't use make it to those, get over anybody. You can't uh, make those dirty jokes. It was embarrassing. Yeah, it was, it was awful. Was and the thing is, too, because they're protective of some of these older acts now that it's so different because with the footage that they have and they try to sell you on, you know, on the network or Peacock or whatever, 
I think they're afraid to like just make DX look real shitty. Because to me, the play was Bloodlines in the building. Bloodline should just confront him and been like, "You fucking blow yeah. DX." Yeah, like we're the shit now. But yeah. they didn't want to make you know Hunter probably didn't want to put himself in that position, and you know not. they probably didn't want to like you know cheapen the DX brand, whatever that means. DX cheapen the DX brand like what was that 15 16 years ago oh yeah 2006 the God. awful dx incarnation i mean then, after that it meant nothing to me anymore and I, I mean the road dog really stinks oh horrible uh, in, a, i mean just that uh, yeah i won't say anymore <laughs> but at least you know at least billy gunn's got a new catchphrase and is doing something new all these years later not yeah. you know embarrassing himself I feel like xbox just I like Sean Walton, and I feel he knows that he's just getting a paycheck. He don't give a he knows yeah. this is rotten. Yeah, I hope or the other know. three don't think this is good. There's just no purpose. I mean, and, and if you're not going to do it to interact with the younger stars in some way, what's or the just point? do any like they didn't even say it's that just it's a funny. I mean, it's yeah. It was like yeah. It was just very bad. Yeah. DX. So as you can see, we can't wait for SmackDown, and we're very high on the World Wrestling Federation right now. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I thought we gave solid reviews to Clash the Castle and SummerSlam. I just think yeah. this was just another of these just crummy, phony WWE concepts where there's enough people who buy into this style as being good that they're just going to keep fucking repeating it. I, I just don't know how anyone could get excited about any of these matches. It's that time of the year, Kyle. Got to do the Extreme Rules matches. Yeah. Shoehorn them in there. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about that constantly on this show. Hate that. These matches like said, can actually mean something if they make sense, you know. Like, like I said, all, things. All, all the, I just want to like the wrestlers. Not like, I don't care if I like them personally, but I mean, like the characters in the show, yeah. right? I mean, like, think about your favorite shows. I'm assuming you like the characters. Like, 90% of the characters on WWE programming are fucking tools. Yeah. And that they had that Wyatt promo that briefly aired on Raw with, like, the, the voice that was hard to understand about, what was it, something about believing in himself. I can't even remember. It was, I keep mean, it was believing. like, I've seen this. Yeah, keep believing. It's like, I've seen this before. The over-the-top shit. Yeah, Word uh, soup I mean, promos where he says yeah. a bunch of fancy words don't mean shit. And then the bell rang. <laughs> and then the bell <laughs> rang, yes. I mean, it's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. he didn't come out as the Fiend. That's a win. But they still had some of the Fiend stuff going on. And this seemed like something you'd get from there. I mean, I don't know, man. Is we'll, Karrion... see, we'll see how it plays out, but not not excited. Is Karrion Cross Damian Demento with a hot chick? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Just hit me. I'd rather right, watch Damian Demento. <laughs> there it is. We hit on a lot of topics. I hope you enjoyed it. Let us know. Tweet us at Top Rope Nation. Get in the Facebook group. Link here in the podcast description or search Top Rope Nation Pro Wrestling Discussion. Of course, subscribe where you're ever listening to podcasts. Better yet, subscribe to the YouTube channel. And we do have the Patreon page where we will be releasing later this month another Top Rope Nation Classics. This time it's going to be In Your House Bad Blood from October mm. of 1997. That will be dropping here in a couple of weeks. It's going to be a lot of fun. Still the greatest Hell in a Cell match of all time. 
Yep. And I think all of our opinions. And uh, we'll re- we will relive that whole show for patrons. We'll have some Top Rope Nation extras dropping. Uh, we're closing in on, let's see, 100 bonus podcasts for patrons. So if you want access to all of those, you get access the minute you sign up. Oh, by the way, something else that I just enabled on the Patreon page. It doesn't impact anyone that's already on there. But for new patrons, Patreon added a feature where you are billed the day you join, not on the first of the month. Because before there was an issue where like, if you join Patreon at the end of the month, you'd get billed a second time like when it flipped to the first of the month. So sometimes people would only sign up at the early in the month, which I don't blame them. You know, it's they're the first of the again. month. But now, like, you'll get billed on the day you signed up monthly, not on the first of the month. So you can sign up whenever, and you won't get another, you know, $5 charge until 30 days later. So I thought that was pretty cool that they added that. Um, I also released my Bobby Heenan interview from 2002. That is now available because we hit 40 patrons. I believe we're at 41 now. So if you want to hear that, sign up. First interview I ever did in the wrestling business. And, uh, yeah, a lot of bonus content. Best way to support the show, patreon.com slash top rope nation. All right. I'll I'll probably do top rope nation extra something soon. I got some ideas cooking for that. So, all right. Very good. All right. Let us know what you thought of the show. We'll be hollering at you again very soon. Have a good week, everybody, and take care. Bye.